Hello, and welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, a show for people who want to take their personal training businesses and fitness coaching skills to the next level. Team Alloy has been in the personal training business since 1992 and share their insights from working with businesses and brands around the world. Listen in for secrets and tips on running a successful fitness business from personal training, marketing, staff management, scaling your business, and everything in between. If you are interested in having your own personal training business, our systems are well-developed, and we are focusing on very discrete segments which we think are the secrets to success. Now, let's get started with our host. Hey, Rick, what's going on today, man? Hey, Matt, what's cracking? Uh, nothing. Um, I kind of had a, a loaded question for you today. Uh, I'm ready. You ready? I'm so ready. All right, well, maybe it's not that loaded, but I really want to talk about a consistent customer experience and how we do that every day at our facility. Right. I mean, I think it. Uh, a lot of people maybe take that for granted, but I wanted you to kind of explain uh, how important that is and what you've seen out there and, and here. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Listen, I really feel like I've told this one story a million and one times, but I can't think of a different illustration. So if you don't mind, I'll just answer sure. with my usual answer for this. If I was asked this at a story, conference I like or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, the book, The E-Myth, obviously you and I have talked about that a lot. E-Myth Revisited um, by Michael Gerber, best entrepreneur book, I think. And the reason I like it so much is it speaks to the power of running systems. And really systems around things that are soft, right? Like like personal training can sometimes be seen, as you know, as like an art, right? Like I do this and I do that in the way that I do it. And I would agree with that to a certain extent if you're just a one-off coach who's just working with people. But if you want to scale your business and you want to then hire another trainer and another trainer, or maybe you want to do your own brick and mortar business at some time, you're going to want to make sure that you can turn to those people and say, this is how we do things. And that no matter if they're working with you as the original coach or one of the people in your business, that there's no lapse in customer experience, right? So what I would say is you got to build a playbook and then you have to run the play, right? Sure. So back to the, the E-Myth Revisited. In that book, he tells a great story, and, I, and I'm not sure I've got it dead on, but this will be close. So in the book, he talks about a friend of his referred him to a barber shop. And he said, hey, there's a new barber in your neighborhood. It's a great place. You got to go check it out. He's a guy, so he's like, whatever. It's a haircut, right? Yeah. As you know, as a guy, it's like, you can get your haircut anywhere. It kind of <laughs> looks the same no matter what, right? But he goes into this place, and it's beautiful. It's brand new. There's somebody working at the desk, right? And they greet him by name because they look at the schedule. It's like, that's nice. We've talked about that on previous podcasts. Great. They give him a cup of coffee, tell him that the barber will be ready in a moment. And when he is, that they'll usher him back, right? It's like, oh, that's cool. So sure enough, when the barber's finished, this lady introduces the two of them in the back. And the barber sits him down and says, listen, I just got back from a, a seminar where I learned how to cut your hair dry with the scissors, like, you know, without shaviers or whatever, because it doesn't tear the end of your hair and it gives you a better haircut. He's like, all right. Again, he's a guy. He's like, what do I care, right? So he sits down getting his hair cut as usual, and he gets his coffee freshened up, which is a nice touch, right? And he uh, stands up, looks in the mirror, hair looks great. So he's like, awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. On his way out at the desk, the, the young lady that had, asked, that had greeted him said, hey, can I book you another 30 days from now, which is typical interval for haircut. And uh, he's like, yeah, sounds good. So the next time he comes back, it's Saturday morning. And do you, do you get your haircut or do you shave it yourself? I mean, I know you've got a stylist. I mean, this is a pretty nice haircut I got I, going I, on. I know. 
but now I do it myself. Okay. So if you didn't do that, you would know that on Saturday mornings, <laughs> barbershops are really busy. And so it's a Saturday morning place is packed and the person at the desk is like distracted. You know, they're running around like getting towels or you know, seating other people, whatever that may be. And uh, so he does get his cup of coffee and a quick greeting, not by name, but you know, whatever they're busy, right? He gets it. And then when it's time for him to go back and get his haircut, the person that's working the desk is not available. So the barber just kind of gives him the, Hey, come on back. Right. So he goes, sits down, and the barber pulls out the clippers and shaves the back of the, his head and the sides, and he cuts the top with the scissors. And it's like, yeah, okay, you know, different. But uh, you know, when he stands up to get his hair cut, or his, uh, when his hair is finished, he looks in the mirror, it looks exactly the same. Right. By the way, his coffee didn't get freshened up, but he gets it. They're super busy, right? Probably we're out of coffee or something, right? Packed place. So on his way out, same question. Do you want to book in another 30 days from now? And he's like, Sure. So this time when he comes back, it's over the holidays. So the place is pretty much a ghost town, right? So the, the barber yells when he comes in, like, hey, so-and-so's out of town. We don't have any coffee made. You know, grab a water if you want. And he's like, nah, I'm good, you know. And uh, when the barber's ready, he calls him back. He sits down in the chair and he grabs a spray bottle, sprays it wet, cuts it with the scissors, right? It's like, huh. What he's done, he stands up and looks in the mirror as usual, and his hair looks the same. Looks great. No big deal, right? This time, the barber walks him to the front and says, hey, do you want to book in another 30 days from now? I'll get you scheduled. And uh, this is what he says in the book. He says, you know what? I'll never go back there again. And it has nothing to do with the haircut. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, we kind of talked from previous podcasts about those moments and those, those moments that were really cool and brought him back. Just got worse every time, right? <laughs> they did. And, and here's the thing I want everyone to hear, because we hear this a lot, is that you know, when we're trying to tell people to run a play, right? Like run the play, right? Whatever that play is, um, you know, you get, you get a little pushback, right? And people will say like, well, I, you know, I don't like to bother my trainers like to do their own thing, right? Like all my trainers give good workouts. And I always jokingly say, I'm pretty sure that that's true. I believe you. I think any of the trainers in your club or any of your businesses can probably give me a really hard workout. I mean, at its worst, they could take me out in the parking lot and make me do burpees until I puke, Right. We could argue that the sanity of that, but I could quantify that as a get sweaty, good workout, right? Here's the deal, though. If your coaches can't give that same amazing workout, the same experience, the things they put around it aren't similar, it right. doesn't matter if the workout is equally as good. The illustration of the haircut, every time he stood up and looked in the mirror, he had the same haircut. And so what he said, I'll never go back there again. It has nothing to do with the haircut. The reason is it wasn't, it had nothing to do with that. Being able to deliver effective workouts just barely gives you the right to even be in business in the fitness studio space, right? Personal training business. Being able to deliver a great workout with a really amazing customer experience around it, right. that's really hard. But if you can do it, right, now you're cooking with oil. So- we try to think of examples. So Anthony, who I had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, you know, he's got, he's over in the, the women's center that we own. Great coach, right? I mean, you've known him, you've been here as long as he has with him. And um, I can distinctly remember, it's got to be eight, 10 years ago. He was coaching a group training session on a Monday morning and it was the last round of something and everyone was fatigued, right? And so he's telling everyone in a way to motivate them. Okay, everyone, like last round, everyone try to get 20 reps or something, right? Woo, you know, whatever that is, right? right. Just trying to excite people, mm -hmm. trying is trying to bring a great customer experience. No harm, no foul, maybe, right? Now, as you know, we stress test ourselves 
by having different coaches coach the same time slots throughout the week. So at that time, so we had a completely different coach coaching the Mon- the Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Anthony was on the Monday morning at 6 a.m., right? So they'd already been coached through a similar workout. Yep. Wednesday rolls around, new coaches coaching it. They do the warm up. they run the play, right? Introduction, warm up. everything's like getting ready to three, two, one start. And one of the clients that was there on Monday raises their hand and says, hey, wait a minute, do you want us to do 20 of everything? Because that's what Anthony had us do on Monday, right? And I'm not like saying that Anthony did anything wrong. I'm just using this as an illustration that two really good coaches can screw the pooch without knowing it. Sure. By not running the play. And I've said this a million times. I don't care if we're asking for 20, 30, none, push-ups. It doesn't matter. Like we're either all doing it or we're not doing it at all. Because what happens in that customer's mind is, listen, they either like it better because they had a rep range that was brought up and it stuck, right? Or they like it less because they didn't like that. The fact is it's different. Mm-hmm. And even though both workouts, it was literally going to be the same workout, by the way, right? Yep. Same exact protocol. But it felt different because one person asked for 20 reps, next person did not. And right. there's a disconnect. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like this isn't some malicious thing that, that coaches or, or any team members try to do you know, to hurt the business. But when you understand it through that lens, it's like, ooh, no, it's really important that we run the play consistently. Yeah, I mean, if you're, you're running a system, right, a training system, it totally screws everything over and you're really going back to square one where you just have your coach and you can't work out with anybody else because they know me and they know to take care of everything. And that's a problem. So, yeah. And it creates sort of uh, again, allegiance to one coach versus the other. And people that are listening that are business owners, you know, that's sort of the bane of our existence, right? Is that people get married to one coach. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that you can take the personal out of personal training. I mean, there might be someone on your team who you like better because they have, they like the same football team that you do, or you're from the same hometown, or you just have, you both like to golf or whatever that is, right? That's natural. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that if they reschedule and come at a different time and they're not on that trainer schedule, that they shouldn't get the exact same experience. Right. They may choose to maybe want to have a beer or lunch with that one person, maybe not the other, but the experience around the workout should be the same. So if, if that haircut had been, cut dry with the scissors like he promised every single time, right? He had always received a cup of coffee or never received a cup of coffee, but it was the same every time. They wouldn't have lost him. There would not have been a disconnect, even though his hair looked exactly the same. So even if your workouts in your gym are all kick-ass, but they're all a little bit different and they go down a little bit differently, you underestimate the sort of cognitive and emotional connection that your customers have to an expected Sure. Customer experience, right? What are some things the coaches can do? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you're, you're a coach and you may have find the way somebody likes to do a certain, you know, exercise or, you know, their injuries. I mean, what are ways that coaches can relay that information and still kind of stay within the system? Right. I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. We've, you know, obviously we started out with what was essentially just a word document, right? Right. Or actually just started out as like handwritten notes. So what I would recommend in its essence would be communication tool of some sort that would go from one coach to the other. Right. So as an example, um, I don't know if you've ever stayed at the Ritz Carlton. I've only done it a handful of times, depending on what one city time. I'm in. It was yeah. a gift card. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I get it. Right. But as much as I travel, I've done it right. a few more times, but you know, you, it's funny because you check in and they say like, Oh, hello, Mr. Mayo. Do you still like to read the wall street journal? You know, and you're just like, what? I mean, it's like you're blown away. Well, the person working at the desk that asked that me really that happen? 
No, they've been there for three weeks. You know, oh. they're reading it. <laughs> they're reading it off the computer, right? So it's a systematic way to. No, do you like reading the Wall Street Journal? I actually do. Okay, yeah, I know. Is I know. that it's in pretty there? sad, but true. <laughs> I do. I do really enjoy it. Okay. I know. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, That's okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, don't don't. You. We can still be. Can we still be friends? Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah, I like it. I like. It. Hey, like like sports page too. Okay, man, all right, yeah, all every right. now and then I like a little Wall Street Journal. I do, but yeah, for them to know that in a systematic way blows me away from a customer service standpoint. They're using technology to drive it, right? So all I'm saying is it's communication. It's like someone communicated to them the original paper that I asked for the first time I stayed there. And they asked, would you still like that every time? And it always blows me away, right? So I would say from a coaching standpoint, right? In a personal training business, that if people are going to be working out with multiple trainers, and even if they're not, that from one workout to the other, there's some communication tool that lets people know what's up. So an example of that would be, you come into the gym, you don't need a, like you may have an ache or a pain that doesn't necessitate a complete reprogramming of your program design, right? So you don't have a sort of an injury that mm -hmm. would require that, right? That would be, hey, listen, I worked in the yard all day yesterday. I laid some sod in my backyard and my back's a little tight and my hamstrings are really sore. Well, that's what you'd expect if you stayed hunched over for four or five hours, right? That doesn't necessarily mean you have a slip disc or you've got some kind of a sciatic problem, right? So making notes around that, imagine if you notated that somewhere so that the next time that customer came in, that client, and they're working with a different coach, that they could pull that up and start the session by saying, hey, Matt, look, I know you're a little tender. You laid some salt over the weekend. You came in Monday, you're a little bit tender. Like, how are you feeling today? Yeah, I mean, that's unbelievable. It's, and it's huge, right? <laughs> and it's nothing, it's nothing more than a little bit of effort to record it and then pass it along to whoever needs it, Right. And that way, it feels a lot like the Ritz-Carlton knowing what type of newspaper that I'd like to read, right? So I would say if you don't have anything, just write it down. Ours went from that to like a spreadsheet and went from there. And now we have a mobile app where yep. you can leave those notes and we can pull up the tiles of the clients we're working with. And we built that for this very reason, what we're talking about today. So that from one coach to the other, right, we would know exactly what this customer need and be able to deliver it to them. Right. Yeah, yep. well, I mean, what you need is what they can do, what they can't do. Over time, you learn their likes, dislikes. They literally might hate a certain exercise, and that's okay. I mean, right. they're just an exercise. I mean, that's huge. And then you get to put, like you said, you know, maybe there's some family history or maybe they have a big date coming up. Right. I mean, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, that, let's face it, guys, if we're honest, it's like good exercise form, good programming. Again, just gives you the right to be in business. Knowing that someone's son or daughter is getting married over the weekend knowing that they're sore from working in the yard, knowing that they've had a loss in their family or something like that. If everyone on the team addresses that in a meaningful way each time, because there's some notation of where these customers right. are, that is the real substance. That's the juice that makes your business amazing or barely able to be in business, right? Sure. Some of these things happen organically when you're one coach coaching one client because you just remember, right? Yep. But you take anything to scale, you involve it, even one more person and all that goes out the window. So yeah, we have the app and it's basically do's, don'ts, and anything that we need to know. And another part of this that we didn't bring up is what we call emotional exercises. And so I think when we see clients get married to coaches, a lot of times it has to do with like working around injuries, which that's the don'ts, right? But it also has to do with like the little extras that clients like. Mm -hmm. Everybody has an emotional body part. That's why we call it that, right? So it could be like, you know, you're sitting down in an eval and they're like, I just want to work this fat on the back of my arms, right? Right. I just need the inner thighs or a guy's got a big belly. Right? right. How many times have you sat down with a with a 60 year old guy who's got high blood pressure and his doctor tells him to work out and he's got a huge belly, ton of visceral fat. 
And he says in the starting point session that, you know, I wouldn't mind getting my arms a little bigger. And we <laughs> laugh at that. It's like, man, you have bigger fish to fry. What are you worried about? But you know what? Think about it. He's a high school kid at heart, probably had a set of dumbbells under his bed when he was a kid, right? Yep. And he still wants to do that. So if you have notes that say every time Bill works out, he likes to do some arm work at the end of his session. If there's yep. nothing injury related or whatnot that would prevent that, everyone should know that. Right. And everyone should say on the way out, Bill, hey, before you go, let's do some arm training today. Yep. And he's just like, he, yeah. he gets it. Whether he even understands what's going on, everybody on the team knows him and that feels good. That's like him. the cup of coffee, right? It's exactly it's like there the cup every of time. It's there every time. No matter who's there, yep. they're going to make it happen and it gives them that sense of completion. And, and, in the nature of this conversation, it could have been a different barber every time. Sure. But if the haircut went down the same, haircut looks similar. Always got the coffee, always had it refreshed. The processes around it were similar, right? It would have been a win every single time. So we're doing, I mean, we're talking about the training session for the yep. most part right now. How about, I mean, customer experience and consistency. I mean, it starts from when you walk in the door. You want to talk does. about that? I mean, I think this is easy. Like go back to, I think it's episode four, like the, the core tenants, right? right? The seven core tenants. Stick with those. And if you just hit those, that is the customer experience, right? So just knock those out every time. Here's what I will tell you. So it's not just about the session, but that's our service, if you will, right? If, if our service was a haircut, we would build it around a haircut, right? Our service is training, so we build it around a training. So a lot of it goes back to arm, you know, like special exercises and all that. Here's what I'll tell you around the metrics, because we talk about this stuff. It sounds a little bit like kumbaya, like let's sit around the campfire and all be consistent, you know, and all. But there's real metrics behind it. So there was a company called, it's kind of confusing, McKinsey and Company did a study on companies, right? And they were big companies, the so Fortune 500 companies. And they went in and, and said, look, a rate the customer experience, this is surveying customers, from a 1 to a 10, right? And where would they end up? So the interesting thing was the companies that had a consistent customer experience, and here's the interesting part, even if the average was a 5. So imagine that. I don't think anyone sits in a, in a meeting like this or with their team and Let's says, five, like, hey, <laughs> our goal is to be mediocre, Every time, right? But here's how powerful consistency is. The companies that were consistently a five, they weren't even that good, right? But they did it consistently, right? Ended up with customer satisfaction ratings 20% higher, right? They made 15% more revenue on average than the other companies. And they cost them 20% less to service those same customers, so what's funny is we dig into all these like crazy ideas on retention and, you know, rewards programs and all these things. And those things are important, right? Because they move the needle. Imagine if 20% of that could be eliminated or was irrelevant just by running the play consistently well sure. every time somebody came in. If you just did that and could cut back on 20% of all the bells and whistles that you think are helping retention, who wouldn't want to do that, Right. It's basically like saying you're ignoring the obvious things that are right in front of you and looking at all the, the bells and whistles and tricks of the trade. It's like, don't quit doing that. Just dig in and do these things well. And the commitment to doing those things consistently is difficult. That's mm -hmm. why it's not done. That's why you look for some automated email campaign to keep people happy because you don't want to make sure your team is running the same play consistently. You don't want to split hairs over someone says, Let's do 20 reps on this last round versus the next coach doesn't. You're like, oh, it's not that bad. Right. No, it's bad. Yeah. And it's not bad in a way that, you, that is malicious, but it's bad in a way that's a disconnect for the customer. And that means it's bad for business. Yeah, they just feel it. What I was talking about earlier, it's, it's just really the small things around the whole session, right? I mean, it's a very habit 
thing, right? We want people to come in consistently three days a week. I mean, they get in a routine. So if anything's out of place from what we talked about our tenants, either not greeting them, not saying, you know, asking whether in our session to the towels being in the wrong place or not there, those are disruptive. And if inconsistency over time, just like we talking to the barbershop, I mean, those are when they feel it and then they want to quit based on something else. I mean, really. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm not getting in shape. It's like, you know what? You never ate well. You're never going to get in shape doing what you do, but that's not why you quit. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, there's a lot and it's those small things, like you said, that nobody wants to, it's, it's hard to manage and stay on top of and it's not the sexy thing to do, right? You want it's to do not. the cool exercise yeah. and everybody can wing it and they're good. Yeah. Just go for it, guys. We're all excited. It's like, yeah, you know, that's the trainer meeting you want to have. You don't want to sit in there and be like, Okay, Billy, you should not have said do 20 on Monday. (laughs) If the whole group didn't say it, that's that relentless leadership and commitment to excellence that it takes, though, to be a whole nother level of business. Mm -hmm. And if there's any way that technology or whatever, you can leverage those things to make that scalable and stickier, you should. But it's probably not going to replace your owner leadership's resolve to make sure those things happen for the very reasons that we're talking about today. All right. So you got nothing, right? So you don't have an app. You don't have any systems in place right now. You got a bunch of trainers that do what they want. What's the first thing you do? Uh, You start controlling your service or your product. Basically you appoint someone on your team to write the programs. I would say start with that, right? Because if everyone in the scenario that you mentioned, typically we see just everyone shooting from the hip, doing whatever they want. Right. And I would say like, look, you have to own your processes and then you can, if you build the, you have to build the play before you can say, run the play. Right. It's like, what's the play, right? It's mm-hmm. like, well, build it, right? And if you don't want to alienate your entire team while you're going through this process, just have it rotate around. So appoint a different coach on your team each week to be in charge of building the play. I think what you'll normally see is you'll get a little pushback when you first come in and try to systemize things, right? Especially if you're in the wild environment that you talked about, just a little bit looser. Then if you say, okay, well, I'm cool with you guys controlling it. So if you really have a lot of special sauce, right, that you think no one else on the team can do, help me out, right? Help us all. Mm-hmm. Like teach us, sure, you know, yeah. Yoda, teach us your special <laughs> lunge that you invented, right? Being, obviously being facetious, but, you know, write all the programming for us this week. I'll pay you to do it. Next week, we'll have another coach do it. Next week, we'll have another coach do it. And we'll all run their play. Every single time we've done that in a facility, I'd say 80% of the coaches, you just call their bluff, essentially. That's all like, well, well no, I mean, that's cool. I mean, right. We'll do it. We'll do, we'll do your thing, right? <laughs> Which basically means there was no thought around systems and programming. They were just showing up every day, which is, we talked about it. It's difficult from a hour standpoint, but it's probably the easiest work you'll ever do. I have to be at work by six. I show up at 545 and I just go out there and be myself and go home. That's an easy freaking gig. I don't care. I did it. For 10 years, 12 hours a day, I know the difference between that and having to get up and motivate yourself to like find what to do that day. It's a totally right. different ballgame. Yeah, it's much easier. I mean, honestly, done both, right? I mean, I've did my whatever I wanted and I've worked inside of obviously our system. I mean, it's just you're a better coach. You get to coach more. Well, just thinking if, about if that stuff, <laughs> if the nuts and bolts are handled, right? where do you put your energy now? Into the system part around it, right? right? So that's really what it should be. So if anybody here is starting, control your product. Everybody's running the same play. Once you get everybody running the same play, you could put your time and effort into the building the experience around that play that's going to lead to that consistency that you want. Part of being an entrepreneur, anyone that's listening and owns a business, and I know you feel this way as well because we have these thought leader discussions all the time, it kind of makes you a little crazy, right? So anytime I 
anytime I'm consuming anyone else's services or buying their products, I'm looking at it through the lens of like an entrepreneur. So I'm like, well, that's a great experience. Or, you know, that, that person uh, waiting our table would be a great coach because they have these kind of communication style and their body language is good. You know, of course, everybody you're with is like, oh, you know, it's like, but you can't shut it off. Right, right? Right, you right. guys get that. So I was out to eat recently at a restaurant and there's a place I like to frequent for breakfast. And just for whatever reason, it's like there's always the same person at the front, right? I typically have the same wait staff or the same three or four people. They all know me. And so they know my order, right? So they come in and they're like, hey, what's up? You know, and they bring me my drink before I even have to ask for it because they know I like coffee. So they bring me a coffee. And then most of them say like the usual. Sometimes they literally just put in the order when they see me at the front and I'll sit down and like bring it out and set it down, right? That's pretty cool. It's really cool. But is that scalable? What's the turnover like in a wait staff? Right. It's going to be. Much really higher high. than trainers or coaching, right? So guess what happens when the new wait staff is hired and I go in there? You get all grumpy. <laughs> you didn't get your Wall Street Journal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hate to admit it, but you're yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's like he's, my he's really customer, not my nice when he comes in after that. Now I know why. <laughs> my expectations as a customer are now everyone knows me. I don't even have to order here. They bring me my coffee, right? So it seems laughable that I would actually admit this out loud on the podcast, but to sit down and have to explain to someone what I like <laughs> to eat, do I want cream in my coffee? I'm exacerbated. It's like, oh, but there's, no. there's clients in this, our world that that's what they think. I mean, you train me long enough. That's it. Yeah. So if you have a customer coming to your gym and they have all the staff knows them, right. And they just kind of get what they need and they know all the exercises they like, and no one is recording that from one person to the other and you lose someone on your team or they switch to an evening workout or something like yeah. that, you, believe me, you're going to lose them. Their experience is going to not want to train with a new guy. How many times yeah. I've heard that? That guy's not going to know what I need to do. It's like, oh, actually they are. We got right? it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just really important. And listen, we use some interesting examples and probably some goofy ones as well. But um, I just can't speak to this subject enough about sure. running the play and the cool. things around it, you know, that are consistently good. And if you can do that, man, you're really going to set yourself up for success. And if you want to scale your single location, if you want to do multiple locations, that's the only way you can do it. It yeah. really is. And, and provide that top, top level customer service and experience. All right, cool. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. Good question. Thanks. See ya. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast. If you have any questions for the host or are interested in learning more about running a successful personal training business of your own, please reach out and say hello. Connect with us at www.alloypersonaltraining.com and sign up for our free newsletter to receive additional resources.